Yo, 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 testing one, two, three, and all that bullshit, man. Guess who's motherfucking back? Now, check this out. Whole new platform for y'all. I'm still post this shit to YouTube for sure. I'm going to definitely find a way on y'all motherfuckers, man. But this is some new shit here. I'm I'm on Spotify, King Known Uncensored, on there. You know what I'm saying? Finally got something that can stretch my platform just a little bit. King Known NBA Music Talk on YouTube, of course. And it's my first episode, Acre Man, so... You know, I'm not going to have episode number, so I'm just going to call it like I see it. This anchor man right here, though. Baxter! Yeah, man. Man, man, man. Where do I start? What do I need to say? I want to send my thoughts and prayers to Karis LeVert, man, because... There has been mass discovered in his kidney, and he's going to miss significant time. Now, there is no timetable on his return, and I'm going to pray for the brother. This definitely sets my uh, Indiana Pacers thoughts a whole lot back, so we can cancel that a little bit. You can you dial that shit down, all that shit I was talking last episode. But I hope he recovers, man, because he's a hell of a player. What's up? Anchorman in the building. I just finished watching the Brooklyn Nets play the Orlando Magic. James Harden had a triple-double and shit. Congrats to him and all that, but it's the Orlando Magic. He's supposed to do that to him. If he's a top 10, top 5 player to some, this is what he's supposed to be doing. James Harden came through and actually did his fucking job for a change. After... Behaving like you did. This is the least you could do. James Harden should average a triple-double every night. But this is not what I really wanted to see, though. But it's a test. It's a nice little, you know, whatever. I want to see James Harden in the trenches when they're double-teaming him, when they're playing physical defense on him, and when the moment comes. I want to see if this nigga is going to put up numbers and be efficient along with those numbers we already know what to expect out of Kevin Durant we already know Kevin Durant is looking like one of the top two players in basketball right now because he looks like the same old guy he doesn't look like he's gonna re-tear his Achilles and to me I feel like he looks amazing but Orlando kind of bullshitted a little bit. I think Orlando took Brooklyn for granted because they were down Kyrie Irving. Orlando was like, oh, we might beat them. Nah, nigga. It's a lot of turnovers that Orlando did as well. But they were neck and neck most of the game, though. It wasn't no blowout. The final score is looking like it's going to be 113 to 120. But um, I guess I can look up the stats of this game. This shit pretty much over. Man, this shit taking forever. 
Alright, let's see. Nikola Vucevic does his thing, as usual. Puts up the normal 34... Puts up the usual 34 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 5 steals. Jesus. Nikola Vucevic is a superstar. I hate to say it, but that nigga be going crazy, man. And another person I haven't mentioned who's having a good year was Julius Randle, man. Shout out to Julius Randle. This dude is trying to creep into the top 50 NBA players right now. You know what I'm saying? He's putting up big numbers. You know, he's definitely the top lottery pick that he was that the Lakers chose. It's just, you know, things didn't work out. Terrence Ross had um, 23 points. Cole Anthony, you know, he's starting now. A young boy replacing Markel Fultz. He had 16 points and eight, eight assists himself. So that wasn't a bad performance by the Orlando Magic despite the loss. All right, Kevin Durant, 42 points, five assists, four rebounds, two blocks, two steals. James Harden, 30 points, 14 assists, 11 rebounds. Even though he had nine turnovers, which is, of course, going to get glossed over. This is the shit I'm talking about. Like, I give him credit for getting the triple-double, but I'm not just going to let him off the hook for nine fucking turnovers. Kevin Durant, I'm not going to let him off the hook for six turnovers against the team that they should beat. Now, Orlando's not mediocre or anything like that, but they are a, a, a step slower and a weaker team than they were last season. I think the Nets should have beat them by 20. But what do I know, right? Um, Carmelo Anthony, man, I believe that he needs to start. I mean, what is Portland getting out of starting Robert Covington and Derrick Jones Jr. over Carmelo? One of them niggas got to sit down, and my choice is definitely Derrick Jones Jr. Derrick Jones Jr. only got that starting spot because he blocked LeBron's shot twice in a game. That's it. There hasn't been nothing that Derrick Jones has done that has helped Portland win any games. Derrick Jones Jr. is just a, a dunker and a okay defender. Robert Covington's a little bit been a little bit dis- disappointing this year. I thought he was going to pop off like he did last year in Houston. But it goes to show you that sometimes some people need to adjust to certain systems. But I feel like Carmelo Anthony needs to start because Portland needs a lot of early offense. And I think with Melo... In the starting lineup again, you know, he has chemistry with Damon CJ already. I mean, I know the big boy Nurkic is is gone, you know what I'm saying, from the last time that I checked. You know, and Cantor's in the starting lineup now. So, the middle is not really going to be defensive here. Portland's not going to, you know, Portland's never been a defensive team, ever. Robert Covington's probably the only guy on the team that could play defense. Defense. So they have to spend their time outscoring and outdueling people and fouling people because, you know, they can't play defense. But um, there were three albums that I did listen to over the weekend. Um, the first one I listened to 
was a pro era's Nick Caution. Now, if you're unfamiliar with pro era and Beast Coast, I can give you a little bit of a tutoring about that. Um, that that's Joey Badass crew. You know what I'm saying? Joey Badass has already established himself as a um one of the got one of the top rappers in the game. You know what I'm saying? And he had his crew called Beast Coast, which can, which consists of pro era members Nick Caution, CJ Fly, Kirk Knight, and then Flatbush Zombies and the Underachievers. So, you know, Nick Caution is pretty much the white guy in the group because I think he's the only white guy. And um honestly, you know, for you know, I hate to use this analogy, but he him and Jack Harlow are like two of the dopest white MCs current that are currently in rap right now. Now Nick Caution's album man I mean I feel like I enjoyed it. You know, there's a couple of songs that were a little bit too poppy for me, you know, because sometimes when you're pale and you're in the rap game, you know, you try to do a couple of pop slash rock attempts, you know what I'm saying? And that don't always work. That don't always work for everybody. You know what I'm saying? And that's no disrespect. It's just my honest opinion. Don't get too rattled about it. Um, his album is called Anywhere But Here. Um, one of the highlights for me on this album is Bad Day with Denzel Curry. Like, I didn't realize how good these two sound together. And I don't know, man. Maybe they need to link and make an album because these two guys are just young, hungry, spitting-ass motherfuckers. And very elite at what they do. I also like the track with Joey Badass called How You Live It. And um, and what you want? That was pretty good. Product of my environment, man. That had that pure New York bop to it. Things could be worse with CJ Fly was dope. Um, but those were the tracks that I liked on that project, man. I think you should definitely check it out. Um, them Griselda Boys is back. This time with a soundtrack. Uh, members of Griselda were slated to appear in a movie called Conflicted, which is about a drug dealer that is coming out of prison trying to change his life, but he ends up having to get back into the drug game after one of his peoples gets gunned down. So, it leaves him in a spot where he is conflicted. Now the soundtrack was something I listened to um, the uh, yesterday as well. Um, my joints on here. I like the Armani Caesar track, Nerve of You. You know what I mean? That's pretty dope. 3.30 in Houston by Benny the Butcher's on here. You all already know what time it is on that. Um, the Dave East joint, Fire. Um, I like the uh, all the Flea Lord appearances on here. Um, but the one I like the most is the one with West Side Gun, Benny the Butcher, and Armani Caesar. That shit there, my nigga. Mission accomplished. That's the name of it. That shit crazy. Then the Hurt Business with West Side Gun, Smoke Dizza, and, and Wale. That's that's the motherfucker right there. Um, Squad with El Camino, Ricky Hyde, and um, 
Smoke Dizzy, that shit wasn't that bad. I'm not a big fan of Ricky Hyde and El Camino like that. I mean, this is this was a Griselda and, and uh, Black Soprano family collaboration for the soundtrack for the movie. Um, honestly, there isn't a bad track on here. Really, it's nothing that I would just skip. Um, all these tracks are pretty solid. I, the Ransom, the song that features Ransom. That shit is fucking incredible. Like, Ransom ain't rapped like that in about a decade since them uh, DJ Clue mixtapes. Um, the weakest song on here is probably Rank with YN Billy, but I get it. You need a little trappity trap, rapidy rap song on there. And um, the last album I listened to was uh, Jasmine Sullivan's Hotels. Now, this. This R&B album, this is going to be a hard album to beat. And I'm saying this early. This definitely mirrors the greatness of Tiana Taylor's The Album, man. It really does. I'm not saying that just to put hype behind it. But I just appreciated the concept of the project, for one. You know, it's a bunch of girls telling their stories, their sexual stories. And Jasmine Sullivan... And all these songs is being overtly sexual. A lot more sexual than usual. Because knowing Jasmine Sullivan's track record. You know, she, she we already praise her as a, a, a top tier vocalist and shit. But sometimes she can be trolling on some songs. But, um... I mean, it's just basically a bunch of sexual situations on one album. And like my favorite song on there is definitely Price Tags with Anderson Pack. Like that shit make you want to write a verse to that boy. It just has that nine late 90s Lauren Hill sound to it, even though Lauren Hill would never say any of the things that Jasmine Sullivan said on that song. But it. But the, the music and the sound and the tone that Jasmine was singing from just gave it that vibe. And on it with Ari Lennox, man. Yes. I love to see these two ladies' vocals blended together. You know what I'm saying? And I, and Girl Like Me with her. Another, another record right there, boy. Like, hearing two beautiful women sing elegant vocals, man. Straight up. And oh, yeah, I forgot to mention on that Griselda track. The, the Griselda uh, BSF joint uh, conflicted, right? Lloyd Banks had a solo song on there, man, that was crazy called Element of Surprise. That shit is disgusting. Banks looks... I like a angrier Banks. I, I want to I hear a Banks project in 2021 now. But anyway, back to Jasmine Sullivan, man. I mean, all the songs on here are good. It's only like eight tracks, but it's straight to the point. And you gotta respect that. I mean, I think that's it right now on the albums. Alright, there's some questions that I do have for 2021. Will Lil Baby continue his illustrious run of hits? Because last year was clearly his year. You know, the first person to go double platinum all year before any other artist. That means Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande, all the motherfuckers that I don't really fucking respect like that. 
Don't get your titties in a bunch. But um, <laughs> Lil Baby was that guy. Now, can he make some more hit records, stick to the formula, or change it up and evolve into something even greater? Time will tell. And last but not least, I got a prediction on when Certified Lover Boy is going to drop. I honestly think that Certified Lover Boy is going to drop in on Valentine's Day or the week of Valentine's Day. Why not? It's a very strategic move and it would be smart. And Drake would definitely sell. You know, we know Drake going platinum, double platinum the first week and all that. That's the number boy. You know, everybody want to say, well, what about the Dark Lane project? Well, Dark Lane was Dark Lame. It was awful. It's Drake's worst project. It had a few songs on there, don't get me wrong, but that shit was a piece of garbage. I mean, that's why it's only sold 279000 the first week. That's not Drake. Drake used to selling 2,790,000, yeah, 790,000 copies, you know what I'm saying? That's how I knew that he just threw that shit up out there. I'm sure that piece of shit probably gold by now, but I think Certified Lover Boy is dropping in February. Uh, like, straight up, it would be the smartest move for him. But um, I'm going to stop blabbing, and I'm going to just get the fuck up out of here, man. This is Anchor Man. First time on Anchor. Please subscribe and all that. Fuck with me.